I am pleased now to welcome in my next guest, Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how are you doing this morning? I'm not bad, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I always love having you on. I know we had a bit of a switch up here with Monday being a holiday, but get you here on Tuesday instead. So thanks so much for being here. Um, so I want to start with this incident regarding a student driver getting an impaired charge. Uh, first of all, have you ever seen something like that happen before? That's the first time I've ever heard of a case like this where somebody is in the middle of a driving lesson and gets pulled over and uh, and ultimately issued a prohibition for driving under the influence of alcohol. It's shocking. Yeah, definitely something I was surprised to read about. Now, uh, you know, assuming this individual was in fact impaired, um, I guess what what should the the um, instructor be on the hook for in this case? I mean, what is the responsibility of an instructor who's teaching someone how to drive to make sure the the person they're teaching is in fact sober. Well, in every circumstance where you're taking this role as a driving instructor, you have a heightened obligation to make sure that you're protecting the safety of everybody on the roadway. And the first thing that that involves is ensuring that the person that you're instructing is safe and ready to be behind the wheel. I wouldn't be surprised if ICBC took some independent action to revoke this person's instructor privileges. You have to qualify and be regulated by ICBC to be a proper driving instructor. And by failing to ensure the sobriety of the person that was behind the wheel, I think that's going to put this person's license as an instructor in jeopardy. Uh, with that being said, if some of those steps were to in fact be taken, I would think that would maybe put a, not a lot of fear, but just a little bit of an extra thought into a driving instructor's brain before getting behind the wheel with, uh, with a student driver. Um, you know, do you think we could start seeing, uh, you know, prospective drivers or, or new drivers who are getting taught uh, driving lessons that they're going to have to start taking maybe a sobriety test before getting on the road just to make sure that the instructor is protecting themselves? I think that that would be maybe a step too far because this is such an unusual situation and, and, you know, certainly something that in my entire career I've never heard of happening before. But I think at least some, you know, effort is going to be made now by instructors to just try and smell the breath of the person behind the wheel, you know, take a closer look at their eyes to see, you know, the condition of their pupils and whether their eyes are red or, or bloodshot. Um, you know, ask them, have you had anything to drink or have you consumed any drugs or cannabis today? Just making some basic inquiries to ensure that that everything is being done safely and properly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you never really would expect to be picking up someone for a lesson and, and have them be impaired, but clearly it's something that is entirely possible. So one more thing for instructors to be aware of. Uh, speaking of impaired drivers, there was also an incident in Kelowna last week where a bus driver was found to be impaired. A passenger called the driver into police at around 1.30 Sunday morning. So the first thing I was thinking that maybe this bus driver was, uh, you know, working and decided he had an opportunity to go out on Sunday or Saturday night night and party until it was time to drive other partiers home. Um, so anyways, but, uh, you know, this is something, again, you don't see every day. First, we saw a, a, a driving instructor, uh, or sorry, a, a new student driver get uh, an impaired charge, and now a bus driver here getting an impaired charge. I mean, is this something you've ever seen before? Have you ever seen someone who's responsible for that many people, uh, a bus driver being pulled over for impaired? I have seen these cases. Um, uh, unfortunately, the ones that I've seen involve school buses, so arguably even worse than this situation. Um, but this is less uh, uh, uncommon than a lot of people would think. And it's really unfortunate that we're seeing two of these cases in close proximity to one another. Um, it makes me really wonder about whether we're doing enough in British Columbia to educate people about the dangers of impaired driving and to ensure that people who are getting 
behind the wheel of, of their vehicles are sober in the first place, not just taking them off the road after they've posed significant risk to the public, um, particularly when, at least in this Kelowna case, they're operating a bus full of passengers and putting all of those people at risk. Yeah, um, I mean, it sounds to me from from what I was reading, it wasn't an overly packed bus, and there was uh, you know this one individual who did end up calling because uh, they they were uncomfortable with the way that the bus driver was driving. But uh, that's probably a difficult call to make to uh, call nine one one on your your bus driver while you're sitting in the back and probably worried about them potentially hearing you. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, more important to stay safe and call in the issue if you do uh, suspect something uh, is going wrong in that case. Um, yeah, that's just bizarre. I would never, you know, anticipate that uh, getting on a bus that your driver could potentially be impaired because the whole point, or sometimes when you're getting on a bus, the whole point is to make sure you have a sober ride home. So uh, definitely something for exactly. people to be aware of. Um, yeah, anything else to add on, on that particular case other than that it is just a, a little bit odd? Well, it, it, it's odd, but it also, I think, points to something that we really should be doing as a protection of the public issue. With, with anybody who is a professional driver in British Columbia, we should be requiring that those commercial vehicles, buses, you know, big rigs, anything like that, have a, an interlock device installed in them so that these types of incidents can't happen. And, and putting that in those vehicles would protect so many people. It would, pre, it would eliminate the vehicles that pose the largest risk on the roadways because of their size. Um, and it, it's a common sense thing because these people are driving in a professional capacity. They have a much lower uh, sort of uh, privacy interest. Yeah, that's, uh, that makes sense. That's uh, definitely a precaution that could easily be taken, really, and, and uh, would uh, pretend, prevent this kind of situation from occurring. Um, one other thing, too, that we, we had on our list here was um, the, the distracted driving, because there was a case here uh, where a woman was pulled over for having her phone on her lap, essentially. She wasn't touching it. It wasn't uh, illuminated or, uh, you know, it wasn't really on, if you will, but it was on her lap and it was supposedly charging. And uh, she was given a distracted driving ticket, but the B.C. court, um, provincial court, has said uh, that it was not, in fact, distracted driving. Um, so just for, for, for clarification purposes, I guess, what does this mean moving forward when we're talking about distracted cases? Does this clarify some things for you now that this ruling has come out? This does clarify one thing. I mean, it's already been clarified that simply charging your phone is not using the phone in the vehicle. Um, but what this clarifies is where your phone can be. We have further clarification on that issue. So now we know that it's not against the law to have your phone on your lap. And unfortunately, it was very common to see police officers ticketing people who had their phones just resting on their laps while they were driving. Um, lots of people in British Columbia have received those tickets. So it's nice to see the, the clarification from the court, you know, one way that this is not something that is uh, that is against the law as it's currently written. Yeah, I mean, we've seen tickets being handed out for, you know, having your phone in your cup holder or somewhere else in your in your center console or now in this case on your lap. Um, I mean, do you think we're still going to see a lot of tickets issued uh, for these kinds of things? Like, it feels like these sorts of fines are still being handed out despite the fact that uh, the courts seem to have, um, you know, clarified things a little bit in terms of where your phone can be. But uh, I imagine we're still going to be seeing a lot of these cases fought in court as a result. 
Yeah, unfortunately, that is uh, that is true. Uh, we, Despite the fact that the courts have clarified these things on numerous occasions, we still see numerous cases where people are, are ticketed for things that the courts have repeatedly determined is not illegal. And that's just a problem of the information being disseminated to individual police officers who are enforcing the law. My hope is that this ruling will trigger some clarification in the way the legislation is written. Um, I know that uh, Minister Mark Barnworth has said that as a result of this ruling, they are going to be reviewing the legislation and looking at whether or not they need to make some changes. And it would be nice to see those changes come because they are long overdue. Um, what, what advice would you give to a person who maybe is, uh, you know, in the, on the road and is being pulled over and is being handed a distracted driving ticket for something that they don't feel is distracted driving? Uh, I guess what advice would you give to that person? Because you probably don't want to see them blowing up at the officer because that's not really going to help your situation. Um, so what should a person in that situation do? say nothing or take the ticket and file it in dispute right away and if it is something where you think i'm not falling within what the 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 legislation prohibits as far as use call a lawyer i mean i will give somebody advice for free on the phone if they want to know whether what they were doing with their phone was against the law um many lawyers will do that it's not you know it's not a big ask and it's not going to cost you any money to say hey i got a ticket for this is that against the law and then you can determine whether or not you want to proceed with your dispute at that point Right on. Well, uh, that pretty much wraps up our time here, Kyla, but always love having you on here after the weekend. So thanks so much for taking the time to come on here on Tuesday as opposed to Monday. Always appreciate it and uh, have yourself a, a great rest of your day here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Right on. That was Acumen Laws. Kyla Lee.